for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Patrick Henningsen talks on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're in the second hour of this live broadcast. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. Thank you for rejoining us. Great segment, of course, as always, with George Samuele. Great geopolitical analyst, great U.S. political am- analyst. George is a seasoned uh, professional, has seen it all before, understands where things are shifting and moving. So we're very pleased and also very privileged to be able to speak to him on this program. Now, uh, we'll be we'll be shifting gears back to this issue, this burning issue of Biden corruption, Biden family corruption in Ukraine. We saw Jill Biden or Dr. Dr. Jill Biden, as she's referred to in the U.S. media, some outlets anyway, basically poo-pooing any talk of Biden corruption or Biden family corruption as if as if none of that happened in Ukraine. I mean, the evidence is just overwhelming at this point. One of those uh, recent releases uh, is in the form of an interview, which is done by our next guest. We'll, we'll connect in a few minutes after the break, but we'll talk to uh, journalist uh, Simona Maggianti about this great interview with Andre Durkesh, of all people, somebody who everyone's been looking for. We'll speak to her about this, the implications of this story, where it's heading. So with with regards to the election, we need to talk about these situations. Where is the foreign policy uh, attention going to go? How is this going to shape the platforms of the Democrat and Republican parties? And let's look at this for a moment here. Uh, This is on the GOP side. Donald Trump Jr., Donnie Jr., as he's affectionately known, suggests there's only one way to end the conflict in Ukraine. U.S. funding for Kiev has caused hundreds of thousands of deaths deaths in enriched oligarchs. So he's saying the fighting between Russia and Ukraine has to end in talks, a political solution. Hello. That's a novel approach. Certainly that was on the table back in March, 2022, but you know, we'll give him a a wide berth. I think a lot of these American pundits, including Trump's inner circle, I don't think they're very well informed or they're not being well briefed on some of these key issues like Ukraine. Uh, perhaps if they'd spend an hour or two with George Samuley, somebody like this who has been right about everything pretty much since this uh, conflict began and continues to be correct. So they should be speaking to guys like George. Uh, but anyway, uh, good to see Donna Jr. Uh, at least admitting that you need a political solution. There's not going to be a military solution. So everything up to this point has been a military solution. Jan Stoltenberg, London, the war hawks in Westminster. We, we can defeat the Russians. We're going to wear down those Ruskies. One more F-16, just get those shadow storm missiles in. We're going to bring Putin to his knees. Just you wait. Give that to Zelensky. We'll train more of his troops. We're going to do mass mobilization. None of that worked. There's no military solution. There's only a political solution. And as we've said on this show, go back and listen to the recordings from February 2022. Listen to what we've said about this from the beginning. As soon as this broke out, when it actually broke out, it became very apparent very soon that the longer this went on, the worse it would be for the country of Ukraine. If they continued to push and push and have the United States sponsoring, arming, 
basically creating a protectorate, a U.S. protectorate, a NATO protectorate in Central Europe, sort of like Kosovo on steroids, okay? By doing this, it's only going to lead to the demise of that country. And look at what's happened. The longer it goes on, the worse it gets. There is no good outcome going forward, only the law of diminishing returns. Less territory, less population, a drop in GDP, a, a, a spike in corruption, a broken state. That's what has resulted from this proxy war. Not very good. Donald Trump Jr. was asked about the conflict during a recent uh, appearance on TimCast. This is uh, Tim Pool's uh, talk show on YouTube, I guess. Uh, the 46-year-old Trump Jr. said, cut off the money is the only way to get them to the table, right? I have to agree with Donald Trump Jr. He's talking absolute sense there. <laughs> so uh, it's taken two years for somebody to say the right thing. But, uh, hey, I'll, I'll take it. Well done, Donnie Jr. You're on the right path of common sense and realism in geopolitics. The result of the $101 billion in military aid and assistance which Washington has pumped into Kiev since February 2022. The result is hundreds of thousands of dead young Ukrainians. Don Jr. sees the light. That means his dad probably understands and sees the issue pretty much the same. They would be on the same page on pretty much everything. So uh, Don Jr. says, uh, we're literally creating the oligarch class of billionaires in Ukraine with whatever is being siphoned off. Hello, this is true. We're going to talk about this in the next segment with our guest. And he's, he continues, he says, while they send young men to die as cannon fodder on the front lines because they couldn't care less. That's true. Those profiting on it who are safe and warm in their uh, in their, their flats, their mansions, their government positions or whatever in Kiev or Lviv, okay, they're sending everybody else out to the trenches. Okay, you better believe their kids are in Germany or Europe or Poland or something, or they're safe in Western Ukraine. Despite all the Western aid, Ukrainians were never winning. They were probably never going to win, says Don Jr., says Don Jr. He's talking our language. It's almost like Don Jr. is listening to this show and other shows, George Eliason, other great programs, truth tellers on this issue from the beginning. And so if his father, Donald Trump, does return to the White House after the election in November, he will simply tell the government Kiev, and this is what Don Jr. is saying here, hey, <laughs> you got like one more month of this? And if you're not at the table. It's done. Guess what? Zelensky would have had a chance if we shut it down. So he'd come to the table and they, Moscow and Kiev, would come up with something. Of course they would. They have to. If you, if you, if you narrow down the options, that's what would happen. But let me just throw a black pill in the middle of all of this. And here comes the black pill. That's Donald's late belated red pill, Donald Jr., and props to him because he's got the story correct. It's taken them a while. It's taken others a while, but they've got it right. Here comes the black pill. The deal that Ukraine had on the table in the beginning of March 2022 was the best deal they could have ever gotten now. And I'll give you a second black pill. This one's even bigger. The deal that was on the table with the Minx Accords. 
the Minsk peace process, you know, the one that Germany and France were supposed to guarantee the implementation of with President Poroshenko and Zelensky, both promising to go through and ratify and make the Minsk Accords real. That was an even better deal, which would have preserved the country of Ukraine almost the same, minus Crimea, of course. That's never going back because that's historically Russia anyway. But minus Crimea, that would have been done deal. But no, they chose not to. They chose to take another route, which is to push the region and the world closer to World War III. And that's what NATO has done. That's what the Biden administration has done. And why? And to what end? For what? Profits from the defense contractors? The destruction of Ukraine? Hundreds of thousands of young Ukrainians thrown into a war that they had no business fighting, that they were never going to win. By people who themselves were willing to sacrifice very little but profit very handsomely from this, you know, pallets full of U.S. cash being flown into Ukraine. Pallets full of cash. It's absolutely corrupted the system there. It's caused an environment of corruption and, and has turned the Zelensky regime into a fascist government, banning religious uh, institutions, banning the church, locking up uh, holy, holy people, not allowing people to worship, no free speech, no free press, no opposition parties. Press gangs, forced conscription. Sounds good, doesn't it? Does it sound like that? Are those European values right on the fringe of Europe? A potential member of the EU? Is that, are, those, are those Western values that the rules-based international order tout so frequently? I don't think so. I don't think so. But in a way, and Andre Durkash, uh, we'll talk about him in the next segment he warned about this he said the turning ukraine into a type of a concentration camp a plantation that this is the future model of europe harrowing words by the ukrainian whistleblower durkash we'll talk about that and more uh, on the other side uh, right now however we're going to take a break with tnt today's news talk i'm patrick henningson your host and when we come back we're going to speak to journalist simona Mangianti about her recent interview with Andre Durkesh, the former Ukrainian MP, whistleblower, anti-corruption campaigner. What an incredible interview it was. We've got a link to it on our Twitter feed at 21Wire. You'll see a link straight to that. We've reposted that interview. We'll talk about the contents of that interview, the implications of it, the bombshell revelations, all this and more on the other side so you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back after these messages. TNT's Mark Morano. This just in, we have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a, uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down, but obviously when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. 
I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com Listen. Listen up! Now listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to TNT Today's News Talk. I'm Patrick Henningson, your host. We're in the second hour of this live broadcast. Thank you guys for coming along for the ride this week. Hello to everybody in the TNT chat community. We see the numbers building up in there. That's a little red bubble in the lower right-hand side of the screen. If you go to tntradio.live, join the TNT chat community. We've got over 100 people in there right now. We'll be dropping some links in there, too, during this segment, especially pertaining to the work of our next guest. I want to welcome onto the stage journalist Simona Mangianti is joining us right now uh, from Los Angeles, I believe. Simona, thank you so much uh, for coming on TNT this week. Hi, Patrick. Thanks so much for having me. Now, Simona, we're going to talk about uh, an interview that you recently conducted uh, with a former Ukrainian MP who is a whistleblower, longtime anti-corruption campaigner in that country. His name's Andrei Durkash. This was an absolute bombshell 
interview when you posted this up on your x uh, account uh twitter x platform uh it went viral very quickly a lot of people are interested in what this person has to say because it really impacts what's going on right now with the white house going into an election year there's an impeachment investigation first of all uh for those people who aren't familiar with you and your work simone could you just uh, introduce yourself uh give us a little bit of uh, your background and then let's talk about uh this this interview which you've done recently but go ahead simona uh, so thanks for giving me the opportunity i'm an attorney international law uh, so i know exactly how investigation works and i uh, transfer those uh, skills to uh, journalism uh, to dig into corruption and in particular i was uh, uh, pretty mu very much interested in the uh, witness of this whistleblower and the catch portrayed by the Western media as a, an agent of the Kremlin for one single reason, because he outed sensitive information about uh, Biden's crimes, Biden's family crimes in Ukraine. Uh, Derkach leaked the, the infamous Derkach tapes, uh, which I would like to remind to the audience are these uh, audio recordings of uh, the conversation that Derkach, uh, that uh, um, Joe Biden, at the time he was vice president under the Obama administration, had with the former president of Ukraine, Poroshenko, in which he basically threatened him to uh, withhold $1 billion from the American government to Ukraine in case he would not fire the uh, general prosecutor at the time, his name is Chokin, who was looking into Burisma. Burisma is, I would like to remind, is the gas and energy company where Hunter Biden, a completely unqualified professionally for the role individual, was sitting on the board of administrators for under a thousand a month. So we have uh, an interest of the Biden family uh, using uh, the leverage, the political leverage of, uh, uh, of course, uh, being the vice president of the United States for personal benefit in worse to cover up crimes. So we have this uh, conversation that has been leaked two years ago and as a result, their catch has been sanctioned by the United States. And as soon as Biden was elected, elected if we can use this term, uh, he became uh, also a target in Ukraine, where the office of Zelensky, and there is a, a big revelation about that, was the origin of the leak of the same tape that their catch has been sanctioned for leaking. So this is actually the first bombshell, but it's a, a, an interview dense of information then some supportive documents, because we don't have simply allegations or conspiracy theories. I had the opportunity to research and scrutinize the uh, sensitive documentation, including uh, uh, court orders that have been uh, recently unclassified, uh, witnesses and uh, wire transfers uh, uh, that prove actually the money laundering scheme of Burisma, the company that made Biden's family rich. So we have to understand on one side, we have the sitting president of the United States, former vice president, bribing the president of Ukraine to cover up for his son wrongdoing. And this was done at the expenses of American taxpayers. Because when we talk about the bribe of the one to two billion dollars, I have different actual information about it. So we're talking about a huge amount of money. This is money of American taxpayers.
So this is uh, that you're just scratching the surface there. There are so many revelations in this interview, which uh, is just under an hour long. Uh, we've also reposted the link to this right now on X Twitter, just below our our, uh, our interview here. We've got that on our feed. Go to 21stCenturyWire.com. Also, Simona's Twitter or X Twitter account. You'll find these stories as they've been released in chronological order on her timeline. First of all, let's let's go into delve into that uh, that that corruption the nexus there which Durkash himself said both sides the Ukrainian government is corrupt the US government they're blackmailing each other they're laundering money back and forth he called it a crime syndicate those are the words yeah. he used that was an incredible uh, part of your interview go ahead Simona I was actually very impressed uh, with the speaker uh, not only for uh, revealing uh, to us American media this revelation, but also again for providing with supporting documents and evidence. And I repeat that because every time we talk about journalism, we talk about opinions. Here we have piece of uncontrovertible evidence, which I would like Congress to take a look into. And this is actually something I don't stop saying since I've read this interview. Terkac uh, made the point how not only has been a, a target of a weaponized uh, DOJ uh, that sanctioned him simply for collaborating with US government and genuinely providing information about corruption. Because we have to understand this uh, individual who has been portrayed and undergraded as uh, a puppet of the Kremlin is uh, someone with an extensive political career. He wasn't elected seven times to the Ukrainian government, his entire career was devoted to exposing corruption. Now, as a result of collaborating with the United States, here we have him sanctioned. Now, not only sanctioned, the first uh, sensational fact he shared with me is that he was a victim of an assassination attempt in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Assassination attempt that, of course, remained unpunished for the authors. So what we know right now, that this assassination attempt happened after uh, Blinken, our Secretary of State, flew to Ukraine, met with Zelensky. This was at the eve of the start of the military operation and instructed, literally quoting Derkach, Zelensky office to get rid, to resolve the Derkach issue. Now, this expression obviously uh, lead to unlawful methods of removal of the issue. And here we go with their catch being victim of an attempt of physical assassination. So that is the reason why he fled the country. I had to meet with him in Minsk, not in Kiev, not in Ukraine. He's in a sort of a political exile where he's a victim not simply of a corrupted government, both in Ukraine and United States, but of a proper criminal organization. When we talk about method of physical elimination of instruction, it comes directly from the Secretary of State, one of the biggest democracies that the world knows, I'm talking about the United States of America, we can imagine at which extent the corruption is normalized and these methods are tolerated. So for me, this was absolutely the first sensitive, uh, sensational fact of this interview. So witnesses exposing Joe Biden corruption are not only prosecuted and persecuted by the DOJ, but are also at risk of physical elimination. There are death threats on them. And he also extended this uh, uh, this risk to not only to himself, but to other people who have been looking uh, into Biden's affairs in Ukraine, exposing corruption, including uh, Prosecutor Kulik, 
including this key journalist that uh, has been uh, going through hell and is at risk again, his life is at risk for simply doing his job and outing the truth. Now we know that back on time on 2016, we built up this monster of Russian Putin to uh, justify everything that happened that we, we have seen unfolding afterwards. So it's easy to uh, build up this uh, idea, uh, this brainwashing machine that lead people to believe that uh, Russia is the enemy, Putin is the enemy. And so of course, uh, uh, everything, everybody who's uh, attempting to have international relations, which are like a in the field of diplomacy, like Trump at the time was doing with North Korea as well, becomes some sort of collude, enters in a scheme of collusion with Russia. But, you know, uh, investigating and researching as a journalist, I uh, made myself a question. First and foremost, my background as a lawyer led me to a question. Who has the motive to help who to get in power? When we uncover all the interests that Joe Biden has in Ukraine and the Ukraine-US collusion in uh, the election for, at the time, getting money for funding this war that Ukraine is mm. actually initiated in many ways with the support of the Western world and first-line United States. And, of course, Joe Biden, the family of the president, getting rich off of Ukraine. We understand that the motive and the interest lead to one country, which is called Ukraine and definitely not Russia. So I would like people to understand, to get off this racist Russia, Russia, Russia hysteria. It's, uh, there is absolutely no reason. I don't see any palpable motive why Russia would want another candidate in power, mentioning an example, Trump, who at the end of the day, with his policies on America first, didn't do any good for Russia during his presidency. But, you know, we have now Biden financing a war, a bloody war, brainwashing people, making them believe that behind this world there is uh, so much uh, philanthropy and uh, protection of uh, the independence of a country which is highly corrupted and which is benefiting his family. And it's, uh, as you mentioned before, it's at the uh, origin of this uh, money laundering scheme back and forward. We have billions of dollars moved. But I would like to go back later to other piece of evidence that really disturbed me. And I think American audience and generally everybody should know. Well, let's talk about Locker. that. Uh, yeah, well, first, firstly, just um, go back to that uh, point, Simona. But before that, uh, what was it like to meet Andre Durkash? Because this is somebody who uh, has kept a very low profile uh, since he's being sort of pushed out of the country. He's being sanctioned by the United States, accused of election interference in 2020 in the U.S., which is a ridiculous charge. Uh, that I have not seen any credible uh, evidence to that degree, as so many people have been accused of quote election interference. Uh, so he he's been stripped of his citizenship of Ukraine. I believe they stripped him of his citizenship. Somebody took out a a, a contract to a hit a hit job to assassinate him, as you said. And Blinken's comments are a major bombshell. That's it. That's what Durkash is saying in your interview. That's certainly shocking. So what was it like? He's got all of this uh, pressure. It's all of this stress. Uh, how was it like to interact with him? What was the sort of vibe you got from him? Well, it was definitely, the, the interview happened in a condition of extreme uh, security. Uh, of course, this is a person whose life has been threatened, but at the same time is a person who uh, fearlessly keeps uh, working on exposing corruption. When actually I asked him, uh, how does it feel to be betrayed uh, at the time by his country and by the United States, he generally attempted to help. 
He gave me a very interesting question. He told me, to me, the, my country is not this bunch of criminals at the government. My country are my people, and I will keep fighting for the people. And this was, uh, uh, so he came across as a man who's still fighting for corruption. It was actually uh, very interesting, and I was very honored that he granted me an interview because uh, under the current condition, he has all the reason to be silent. And it's important to vehicle his voice and uh, the evidence he collected uh, uh, for the public to know, but most importantly, to draw those documents to the attention of the elected officials that should start an impeachment hearing based on these documents, Joe Biden shouldn't be sitting in the White House. And uh, I stress it again and again, these are really sensitive information and we should never allow impunity and inaccountability when we look at this evidence. So we had this, uh, uh, it was a, a very uh, experienced politician also, the only reason why he has been portrayed as a Kremlin agent is because of the, his education at the uh, FSB, former KGB. But we have to remind people that uh, uh, his education uh, dates of a time where uh, the Soviet Union <laughs> was still a, a union. So it was Russia and Ukraine were not even two different countries. So it's not that an Ukrainian citizen trained in Russia. It was trained by the KGB during the time of the Soviet Union. So we are actually building up again uh, this information based on real facts that in the context are manipulated in a certain direction. But if, when we look at them in their date and in time and uh, in the context of actually his career, have a completely different meaning. So we uh we really uh, went through a lot of uh, um evidence he put on the table at the time of the interview i was simply looking into this document only later on at the time to translate research scrutinize and uh, understand uh, the the legal relevance of uh, these pieces of information but of course we again these uh, uh, piece of evidences include as, as well as along with the uh, hunter laptop are targeted with the same mantra, which is Russia propaganda. And every witness or whistleblower or every personal vehicle looking into Joe Biden corruption, including Rudy Giuliani, they are accused of being uh, Russian agents or Ukrainian agents, or they're caught under some FARA violations, where actually the one who uses uh, political leverage for personal gain and influencing decision in his own country and abroad is Joe Biden. So this is a, a, a fact, a fact that people should look into. Now, when we come to uh, corruption in Ukraine, things uh, are uh, taking a proportionate extent, which is even more alarming. Uh, their catch show me how Biden's part in Ukraine, and I'm talking about owner of Burisma and uh, his, his lawyer, they um, invested part of the money involved in the money laundering scheme into financing terrorism. Everybody could suspect that Ukraine was involved in the explosion on Nord Stream. And uh, this is another sensitive aspect that was really shocked to learn. Again, we have uh, not only money launder, not only we have tax money of American taxpayers involved in bribes, but we have a highly corrupted country which is following Biden's instruction into covering up crimes and participating into collateral bribes because I learned that so the first bribe from Burisma owner, the size of the bribe was actually not $6 million, but $50 million. And we could track only six of this, uh, six million of that money where the other 44 millions went to. And that's we see unfolding other events happened 
shortly later <laughs> and including the explosion of the Nord Stream. So we are talking about an organized crime, an organized crime that Joe Biden didn't even feel any shame of. We have here, we heard him bragging about uh, firing uh, general prosecutor Chokin. And going back to Chokin and going back to whoever exposed corruption, we know that Derkach revealed, what is another fact that revealed during the interview, uh, new tapes. So he leaked the new audio recordings that I posted underneath my interview next in which we can hear um, Shokin uh, addressing to two American lawyers, uh, Greenberg and Aborisk, which are two Congress lawyers, which not only informed them about Biden new information on Biden corruption in Ukraine, but he also uh, informed them that as a result of his work is now held a stage in Ukraine. So basically can flee the country and his life is at risk. I would say very disingenuous, either Katz was even addressing to the American media, American public, asking for protection. He suggested that the Congress, American Congress should take Shokin out of Ukraine and uh, uh, offer him protection. I would suggest personally that uh, our elected official would invite the speaker uh, to testify in Congress, along with other witnesses, providing with the documents that uh, as American media we could look into but as a uh, Congress, obviously, there is no interest, uh, at least by now, to scrutinize. And this is probably what we should stress next step, because it's uh, weakened the image of the United States and the world. And it's obviously it's, it's damaging uh, a lot uh, the strength that this uh, country should project. So Viktor Shokin, a, a former prosecutor general in Ukraine, the one that uh, Biden referenced when he said to Poroshenko, you know, you're not going to get that loan unless you fire that prosecutor. This person is effectively being used as a bargaining chip by the yeah. Ukrainians with Washington. And again, that speaks to what Andrei Durkash called this criminal syndicate where they're, they're, they're leveraging each other. They're, they're taking money from each other. They're blackmailing each other. Uh, and, and that also speaks to the revelation that it was Zelensky's office, Zelensky and Yermak who leaked the audio recordings to begin with. And so it, it, it does make sense. So what Andrei Durkash, this story he's painting, the evidence supports it. Yes, and uh, as, as, and it was pretty shocking uh, to to know uh, that uh, there is this uh, uh, there is Zelensky office behind the, the leaking and the advertising of these tapes. Uh, it's uh, it's a really important piece of information. Now Zelensky best friend with Joe Biden since he got in power, he of course switched the side uh, for mm -hmm. different reasons, but. Let's get back to this bargaining uh, situation. When we think about uh, uh, the President of the United States, who is controlled uh, by Ukraine uh, in this moment because of the leverage that Ukraine has on the President of the uh, crimes that him and his family have been committing in Ukraine a long time ago. We're talking, everything started a long time ago. We're not talking about recent facts. And we think about the war right now and their unconditional support of the war when we have. Uh, major problems at the border and a major problem with homeless people all over the United States and financial inflation, which uh, took uh, unprecedented proportions in the last years, then we understand that at uh, which point uh, this president should be absolutely immediately removed from office. But uh, for some reasons, you know, despite every piece of evidence is out there, we are criminalizing everybody who look into this evidence instead of looking to those facts and help people accountable for those facts. 
And this is important to stress because we see unfolding uh, political pro uh, prosecution, persecution. We know that Rudy Giuliani was actually starting an investigation based on what their catch at the time provided them to him. And uh, as been science as a result, his uh, bar license has been uh, removed. And uh, we but see- that, that, That's uh, another key point, another key point, Simone, which you brought up, that what Rudy Giuliani produced after he made his first trip to Ukraine, interviewed Shokin, all of this was true, but he was demonized in the media. It was They tried to discredit him, but every the receipts that he came back with when he was sent over to investigate, um, they're all absolutely true. It's all been proven to be factual. It's that's incredible. And that's that's uh, and we have uh, new documents unfolding supporting the investigation that at the time they were busy to discredit by discrediting him, the one looking into these facts. And Giuliani was very brave at the time to meet with their catch, meet with Chokin, and acquire all the piece of data that's necessary to actually start a proper legal investigation into. Biden's involvement in Burisma and uh, Biden interference into removing the general prosecutor of Ukraine from his uh, position without any reason whatsoever. Actually, one uh, interesting aspect of these other catch tapes is that we can hear clearly Poroshenko stating that despite no evidence of corruption could be found, it would accommodate Joe Biden's will just to get this money. Uh, and again, uh, we're talking about, and I stress it all the time, money of American taxpayers. So Biden became rich with Ukrainian taxpayer monies and they bribed Ukraine with American taxpayers' money. That was the entire uh, conversation, the core part of the interview with, uh, with Andrei Derkach, who, as I said, is now in exile. He has been, uh, his life has been basically destroyed. He has uh, been sanctioned by the United States. Uh, he is uh, targeted by his own country. And until a switch and a change of the administration will happen, I don't see the situation any difference. And also, even most disturbingly, he was victim of an assassination attempt. So we're, and he suggested that other uh, individuals that participated into exposing corruption Biden in Ukraine are at the same, are facing the same risk for their life and that they're victim of uh, multiple uh, prosecution, legal prosecution. It's incredible. So all the journalists in Ukraine uh, who have been investigating this, exposing this, Dubinsky, uh, he is in his life is in danger, many believe. Uh, and also Konstantin uh, Kulik and you have Durkash and you have but pretty much anybody who said anything to expose any corruption. And all this is going on, Simone, is incredible thing is the United States have set up all these anti-corruption agencies in Ukraine to so police corruption in Ukraine. And according to Durkash and his reporting uh, and Giuliani's uh, findings as well, these seem to be a front to protect corruption in Ukraine. Absolutely. NABU is completely democratic controlled uh, bureau. So we are talking about the body there that is uh, conceived uh, to prosecute corruption is actually protecting uh, uh, criminals uh, to be unpunished because of their corruption. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's made clear. For example, uh, let's think about uh, one recently unclassified court documents, which is uh, one uh, the, the court case involving Chlovesky, which is the owner of Burisma. So we can see how for organizing a bribe of uh, the actual size of 50 million, he has been uh, uh, awarded 
uh, a fine of $1,800. So this was the punishment for the owner of Burisma for organizing a bribe of $50 million, of which we don't know where other 45 million have gone. We have massive cash bribes. So we have also these uh, pictures uh, attached to the documents, court documents, which shows like they look like coming from a movie scene, like van full of cash. And that's that's just uh, as palpable as it is. Uh, so, but uh, of course, there is no interest uh, yet. I, I still trust at some point some honest uh, uh, prosecutor will look into that. But it will require a switch of uh, power or you know definitely accountability. The largest bribe in Europe, and you get a $1,800 fine. Uh, and then they buried it, and tied, they're tying up all the loose ends, trying to erase everything, closing all the cases. All of this has been proven. You've got the receipts. You posted a lot of this on your social media as well. Uh, go to X platform, uh, formerly Twitter, and follow Simona Mangianti. She has posted all of this online, including the latest audio recordings uh, with Victor Shokin. So it's all there, ladies and gentlemen watch the interview it's absolutely gripping it is full of bombshell after bombshell there's enough in there for at least two or three impeachment hearings forget about just one uh so fantastic work uh simona on this uh your final words before we break thank you i just would like to remind people i also posted uh, two witnesses of two people involved in the money laundering scheme of Burisma, which are uh, the director of Wirelogic and Digitex, which are the company directly involved in the money laundering, uh, in the context of their court case, in which they explain as uh, people directly involved how this money laundering scheme operated. So we are talking about court documents in which uh, the players, the characters of these uh, uh, crimes are talking, witnessing their own wrongdoing, and they are punished as a result. The lawyer of Burisma Kitscha, uh, who has been uh, caught handing six million dollars of the fifty billions, the fifty million, sorry, uh, has also stayed punished uh, mostly. So we are uh, really talking about uh, uh, Nabu, who is there to is a democratic controlled uh, anti corruption uh, bureau in Ukraine that is uh, conceived that the only purpose to cover up for crimes, money laundry. Biden involvement, tons of evidence and documents that prove those allegations. And the only people who have been punished are the anti-corruption uh, individual that uh, carried investigation to out crimes, their catch, Kulik, Shokin, Dubinsky. Everybody has been involved in exposing corruption and investigating corruption, including our Rudy Giuliani, are in deep trouble, have been bankrupted, have been sanctioned, at the time and their life is at risk so how long we can still tolerate that it's my hands were and i would like everybody to stress a petition eventually to the congress of the united states to have a look into these documents because i think people deserves a response deserves accountability for their taxes <laughs> used in a wrong direction to support biden's family crimes rather than other important things in the interest of the country Yes, absolutely. This is uh, the least we could expect uh, if, if we do believe in democracy and anti-corruption, as people like to talk about. If we actually believe in these things, that's the least uh, of the expectations here. And hopefully there's a lot going on in Congress with this, and hopefully they'll look at this seriously. Uh, Simona Mengianti, really appreciate you coming on TNT, today's News Talk this week. Much appreciated. 
Thank you so much for having me and giving a voice to these facts. Thanks, you, Patrick. And follow Simona on her platforms on X Twitter as well. You'll get all the information again there. You also get breaking updates as well. That's where you want to be on this story. And we'll also post updates as well at 21st Century Wire. We'll talk about it more on TNT. Hopefully, we'll speak to Simona again in future. Listen, let's take a break right now with the network and come back for reactions, final thoughts, and some late-breaking news from our intrepid correspondent, Basil Valentine, off the coast of North Africa. All this and more coming up stay right there when a crisis hits close to home and across the globe nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. the demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs healing nurturing rescuing honoring Protecting. Caring. Inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes, across all missions, has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Dominic journalists are paying with their lives. They faced exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. Patrick Henningsen and TNT. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're in the final stretch to the final hour of this live broadcast. We have had an absolutely barnstorming broadcast today some powerful revelations some commentary and analysis george samuel in the first hour that was incredible discussion also covering the iowa caucuses those results and just now simona mengianti what an incredible story what an incredible interview we've got the best of that posted up at 21st century wire also on simona's x twitter platform follow her feed there that is an incredible story that might have a bearing 
on the 2024 election and the legacy of Joe Biden, the Biden family corruption in Ukraine. It's all there, folks. The receipts are there. And we're going to keep digging into this. We'll keep reporting on it. Uh, in the meantime, I want to bring on to the line our intrepid correspondent this week who's joining us, Basil Valentine, live and direct. Basil, how are you? Good afternoon, Patrick. Good to be with you. And hello to our listeners all around the world. First of all, I want to get your comments. What do you make of the scene in Iowa? That was not supposed to be the blowout that everyone was told. DeSantis, Haley, they're challenging Trump. Turned out to be a record blowout. What do you think about that? I wasn't in the least bit surprised, to be honest, Patrick. Um, I'm only surprised that Haley got into double figures. Early results had her at 7%. But, so the final figures were higher for both DeSantis and Haley. And I'm afraid to say I have such little confidence in the uh, American voting system, all aspects mm -hmm. of it, from front to back and top to bottom, that it wouldn't surprise me if Trump's margin of victory was actually even greater than the one finally advertised. But they're all uh, died in the wool Zionists. Americans don't really have any choice when it comes to their politics. They haven't done so since John Kennedy's head was blown off. So I've got a whole list, a whole slew of um, of uh, updates with regard to the catastrophe in the Middle East and its ramifications. Uh, oh, if please, I can tell run us. through them. Um, overnight, uh, early in the morning where you are, of course, Patrick, in the west of the United States, but already late in the day uh, in the Middle East and here in Europe. Overnight, last night, Israel bombed a residential home in Rafah and killed an entire family who had evacuated to the south of the Gaza Strip from the north. Uh, on day 102 of the genocide, there were 15 separate massacres in different areas over the last 24 hours, slaughtering 158 civilians in all. Some citizens attempted to fish in the sea, given the widespread starvation and famine, and Israeli forces responded by shelling them, resulting mm. in the killing of at least two people and injuring several others. Now, if there was a single instance that gave the lie to the appalling notion, the claim that Israel is simply targeting Hamas, that's it. Uh, are Hamas now out in fishing boats? Um, absolutely abysmal. Uh, tens of people, dozens of people also killed in the streets of Magazi and Buraji camps today as a result of airstrikes. The upshot of all this is that the International Centre for Justice in Palestine, based in London, has handed a dossier of evidence to Scotland Yard's War Crimes Unit. That's the UK police, of course, in relation to senior UK politicians and private individuals, as well as Israelis, for their complicity in genocide. So things are getting, you know, more and more serious. Um, and uh, the best bit of news uh, we had today uh, was announced last night, which is that Leanne Mohammed, a Palestinian woman, a rather attractive Palestinian woman, I might add, uh, has been selected by the left unity group in the Ilford North constituency to stand against the Israel lobby funded Mr. Margarine himself, Wes Streeting, uh, mm. so called because uh, Alexis Sale, the Jewish comedian, hilariously said that 
where streeting looks like Keir Starmer's love child, except made out of margarine. Keir Starmer's love child. I can't get that vision in my head, Basil. I don't even want to give that any airtime in my brain because I might uns I'm not not be able to unsee that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, the thing is, Basil, what you just said is so disturbing, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because there's a a case in the Hague at the International Courts of Justice. It's about genocide. We thought that this, at least bringing this to the to the global audience, to the global attention, might give Israel some reason to dial it back a little bit. But they haven't done that, have they? No, I mean, exactly. You would think any civilized nation would think, hang on a minute, we're being accused of genocide. This is the ultimate crime. Um, perhaps we could just pause for reflection at this point and uh, perhaps conduct our own internal investigation into what's been going on. Absolutely none of it. Both the evidence on the ground, the starvation uh, continues apace, um, the denial of food aid. Uh, even Gutierrez has finally come out yesterday and said that a ceasefire is urgently required, a humanitarian ceasefire, he called it. Um, and uh, others are campaigning for an airdrop of aid because, of course, Israel con controls all the land routes into Gaza. Then uh, the only other possibility is for other countries to fly over the Gaza Strip and drop packages of aid by uh, parachute. And that is what a lot of activists are now earning Jordan, urging Jordan uh, and the Arab, Ab other Arab countries in the area to do. And I, I know that people are going to starve to death. You know, Israel going to accuse that they're going to Israel's going to say those are weapons drops. They're they're, they're going to accuse those of being weapons doubtless drops. They would, doubtless they would claim that. They may, they may well claim that. Who knows? Unbelievable, unbelievable. So it's, it, we're we're looking at a, a an aftershock coming, Basil, which is the famine, which is the disease, which is the untreated yes. medical conditions. That's what's coming now. So those numbers, those casualty numbers that we've been seeing, they're they're not going down. They're not going to go down. They're going up and rapidly if this situation is not changed dramatically in the next couple of days or weeks. That's that's the reality of it, Basil. Your final thoughts before we uh, wrap this segment up. Go ahead. Well, first of, first of all, you know, 158 Palestinians killed in the last 24 hours. But number's probably higher now. But you won't see that figure on the BBC, CNN, MSNBC, any of the major networks. It won't be trumpeted. Now, just ask listeners to pause for a moment and think, what would the global news reaction be if 158 Israelis had been killed in the last 24 hours? It would be absolutely everywhere for days on end. They would all be named and their family stories would be explored and there would be tremendous wailing and gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands and condemnations from every politician of every stripe. But 157 Palestinians killed barely registers a footnote. That's likewise uh, the Biden administration statement this week on the on the uh, hundred days only referenced the Israeli hostages. There are over eight thousand Palestinians locked up in the Israeli Gulag. There were reports before October the 7th of the sexual abuse of children, many of them detained without charge. So, but Israel is a democracy, right? You know, 
Uh, it just gets it gets worse the, the deeper you delve into the actual data into the actual stories it really gets worse and worse we really need the western mainstream media to start highlighting some of these things to get our governments to change their policy towards this to stop backing a genocide which is ongoing right now basil valentine our intrepid correspondent this week really appreciate you joining us on tnt thank you patrick there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's Basil Valentine. Follow him on X says underscore Basil. You want to be following his account. Thank you to George Samuele as well in the first hour. And of course, Simone Mangianti, the journalist with this great interview, this great bombshell story. Andre Durkash, whistleblower from Ukraine. Listen, it's been a powerful show. Thank you guys for joining us. We're going to break right now. Stay on the network, though. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. we got a whole lot more. Just you wait. Take care, guys.